hello welcome to episode 99 of sacking's therapy one more to 100 and probably we'll out you know yeah me and fawn will be doing something special um but as it stands now we're at 99 and the draft lottery happened yesterday i was actually thinking about making an episode uh right after but I i'll be honest i just forgot <laughs> <laughs> I got a little carried away. I think I started uh, playing something um, and just kind of got carried away and just lost track of time. And by the time I realized, oh, shit, I need to do the draft pod or draft reaction pod, the lottery reaction pod, uh, it was a little too late and I wanted to go to sleep. So, um, yeah, so coming to draft lottery reaction show coming to you a day late, unfortunately, but... Uh, the good thing is it has allowed me to kind of, you know, gather my thoughts a little bit more about, you know, the options and like my takeaway from this uh, draft lottery. Uh, by the way, also uh, no fawn today. Uh, he should be back soon, uh, hopefully by episode 100. It'd be kind of a bummer if he wasn't back to, oh, for episode 100. But uh, yeah, you're stuck with me again <laughs> today. But got some time to kind of think of just who. Or like what to do with this pick uh the kings can do with this pick there are a lot of options now the ninth pick is that and unfortunately is not the you know a top four pick you know we don't get you know Kay cunningham jalen green evan mobley unfortunately there just wasn't enough lottery luck although i think uh jill adge on twitter like replied to a message saying that that the kings actually had a pretty damn good chance like we were like some of the final ping pong balls to actually get the number one or drop into that top four. But I'm not sure how that works. So I'm not going to dive too deep into it. They, all you need to know is we had a chance for the top four. We didn't get into the top four. And now we have the ninth pick. And on the bright side, we did not drop down. We were projected to be the ninth pick, but I've had some uh, tank and thon simulations where uh, we end up in the 12th pick, I think was the lowest I ever got. Which is the you know the Tyrese spot, but you know as I mentioned before, don't expect a Tyrese again at number twelve. I just you know that was you know lightning in a bottle. Like I don't know how Tyrese managed to drop to twelve, and I just I, you don't want to bet on that happening ever again for a while anyway. Well, yes. So as I mentioned, we get the ninth pick. Kings have a lot of options at ninth. Um, you know my favorite person that I've kind of studied that, you know, is not on the top four, not Kay Cunningham and uh, Evan Mobley. Like, my favorite was probably uh, Scotty Barnes. But from all the mock drafts that I've kind of seen already, it, it just doesn't look like he'll ever last <laughs> until the ninth pick. So, I mean, if he somehow drops to us, I would recommend drafting him if we end up do keeping the pick. And we'll get into that later. But Scotty Barnes is probably just my favorite guy. Just He... He has like the build of kind of Giannis in terms of just like a really long, long, long. I think like a I think six nine with a seven two wingspan or something like that. And like he's a guy that just is so much like all the energy in the world, and like is an incredible defensive player. Like this dude was out there literally guarding one through five in college. And it's not like one of those things where he guards ones like on switches. No, this dude is the primary defender on point guards in college. And yeah, he was he's basically projected to be, you know, a, a defensive stopper, like, you know, right off the bat. And the Kings, 
had some of the worst def- had the worst defense of all time, and adding a guy like Scotty Barnes, who's you know a a big like defensive minded wing, would do wonders for the Kings, who really for much of the year really only had Harrison Barnes as their reliable wing. Glenn Robinson did some stuff, but like he's he you know there was like a weird situation with him, and you know if we you know if have we gotten Scotty Barnes like you. You add so much defensive wing depth to the Kings, and you know he and he is a guy that like even it's actually like interesting how people in their analysis even say like this guy shows so much emotion and plays with so much energy that like it's actually a trait that they list on their uh, analysis of him, and you know the Kings do need that kind of fiery guy. I feel so. You know, it, it would it would be great if he somehow falls to us, but ah, I just don't see it happening. Which brings me to probably my most likely target. If he is available at this spot, there might be a chance like he might go like seven or eight. Moses Moody is the guy that I would want the Kings to draft. Now he's basically uh, I think a six six wing with I think around a seven six eleven wingspan. You know, pretty long arms, kind of a two guard three uh, player. And the main thing with him is that he, you know, he's a he's a pretty good, he's a very good shooter, you know, has good defense, not not like a great defensive instinct, but definitely, you know, a guy that's going to be good on defense, like solid at least, has size, can shoot the ball, and you know, he needs to work a little bit on his finishing and his passing, but you know, he has a he has a good enough handle to be able to you know attack the basket a little bit and. Yeah, just an all-around good two-guard wing that can pro- that can probably help the Kings right away. And another plus for him, he is still, I believe, 19. So, like, he's project he's projected to be, you know, like a low ceiling guy. But you know, as a guy that's 19, it's hard for me to really project what he could be. And I think there's a lot of potential there with him. And yeah, it's just with you know those. Um, with those skills, with that skill set, I think he just helps so many teams, and I think the Kings would, you know, be a, a team that he could definitely help. Uh, I'll probably, me and Fong will probably be doing in uh, like a more in-depth episode, but that's like the that's kind of like the elevator pitch for Moses Moody. I, he would be my num, he would be, I guess, my number one on my board if I'm not anticipating like some guy dropping. Like Jonathan Kaminga has dropped a little bit, but he hasn't dropped that low. <laughs> So I don't think we'll ever get him either, but like you know, get, I think this this he will be the guy that I would want uh, with the number ninth pick. I guess yeah, number one on my big board for the number ninth pick for the Kings. The other kind, the other kind of sleeper pick. Although I kind of would recommend the Kings trade back to get him, and he would be probably a developmental project. But like Zaire Williams is a guy that I'm really high on. And the the issue like with him mostly is that he had injury issues and he also had like personal issues, but there just seems to be so much potential there. And you know, again, we'll be doing a deeper dive into him, but like, cause I, I'll be honest, I don't have a lot of notes on him uh, at the moment. But like, hope like he's a guy that you know he's been uh, said as the um, by. Keandre, what who been like that? He's the guy that's gonna be kind of the boomer bust uh draft pick of this uh season of this draft, basically. Like he has a good mid-range, you know, a good handle, you know, uh, like it does do a lot of step backs, which I don't love if you're not elite at it, but you know, it's something to be looking at. 
um, you know, a good shooting mechanics and can run the pick and roll. Like it just, I feel like he just he would just be a great piece that you can develop. But King, Kings are not exactly in the developmental phase right now. They kind of want to win now. If Monty and Luke are serious about making the playoffs, I don't see how he really contributes this year. But he's a good project and a good swing for the fences type pick. Um, See on and on defense, like you know, he's a pretty good defender. Seems to be able to guard one through three effectively. You know, we'll I'll, we'll see about like what the Kings do with this pick, but he would be my sleeper pick. He be I think he'd be my second kind of like um my second second on my on my draft board. But I'm not a draft expert, so you know I could be talking on my ass. But uh, I did kind of because I <laughs> because I didn't publish the episode yesterday I did have a chance to kind of take a snippet of like who a snippet of some people who like project uh who the Kings would actually draft uh, I took a look at Sam Vecini I think he said Keon Johnson Keon Johnson if I remember right is a guy that's a very good defender with very shoddy shooting potential in, in that he likely will not be a good shooter especially coming out of coming out of the draft might take a few years for him to figure out his mechanics. Like, I get it defensively. Like, the King's issue is defensive, and Keon Johnson will immediately help with that. But the fact that he can't shoot and is, you know, projected to, like, have a rough time for a while, I don't love that pick. Um, Jason Jones uh, um, actually <laughs> picked Davion Mitchell or projected uh, the Kings to draft Davion Mitchell. Now, Davion is a very good player. Like he, you know, by the way, if you guys are wondering, yes, he is Donovan Mitchell's brother. I'm pretty sure. And he actually plays like Donovan Mitchell, <laughs> hilariously enough. Like, you know, just a, a great pull-up shooter, a gr you know, can run the pick and roll, a defensive dog, like a Patrick Beverly type, just hounds the shit out of the ball. Like everything just sounds great with him. The only two things, unfortunately, that's just gonna, that just makes me not want to draft him. He's six. He's six two in shoes, and I think like in the draft combine, apparently he lists at like six foot, like even shorter than projected. Like he's six two, and he has a very bad free throw percentage, and it's been consistent. He's actually one of those guys that's also been in like in college for I think three years, and he's always shot around like the seventy to like sixty to seventy percent range, which you know raises some concerns. Let's just say. And, you know, he has a very good three-point shooting, three-point shooting percentage, but that could be a mirage for all we know. Like, I, I don't know what to think of it, but I, I hate to be that guy, but, like, I mean, where it kind of kills me or kills me is that he's 6'2", and I'm just not down to draft another guard. I, we need more size and, like, wingspan, and just I just don't think um, Davion Mitchell's that guy. Like, he'd be great for another team, like... Uh, I think Anthony Anthony Slater for the Warriors, the beat writer for the Warriors, is basically projecting him to go to the Warriors. And yeah, he would probably help the Warriors, like a guy that can run the pick and roll, like is a smart player and is ready to play. He will be ready to play probably most likely on day one. And you know, I just I just hate to be that guy that just says he's just too short for my liking. And unfortunately, that's a, that's where it starts and ends for me. Very good player, will help will help the team a lot and. But unfortunately, I'm just not down to draft another point guard. But, you know, as Jason Jones always says, the Kings are just never in position to say, to say we got to draft for fit. The Kings just need talent. And Davion Mitchell is a very good talent. 
It's a, it's also another one of the reasons why I do, I was very if we ended up in top four, I was very like hesitant on uh, drafting Jalen Suggs. Kind of the same thing, like great player, you know, lots of potential, and, and even yo- and younger than da- Davion. Davion's been I think Davion's going to be tar- twenty two by the time he plays his first NBA game. Like Jalen Suggs, like a great player, like projects to be you know a probably an All Star point guard at some point. But he's six four, and I, I again, I hate that I'm this way. But like, I want six six five and above. Kings, Kings need more wing depth, and I just, I just want another wing. And so I'm just very out on Davion, uh, Davion Mitchell, unfortunately. Um, yeah, you know, Jane or James Ham actually had uh, Moses Moody, which you know, like kind of. <clears throat> You know, kind of um, goes down the same path that I did, which is the Kings just want Kings want like you know long wings that can you know shoot and do other things. But like the main thing he looks at is you know just a, a wing guy that can also shoot and probably contribute right away. So like that's what I'm that's what I'm liking, um, or that's who I'm projecting to you know the Kings to pick if they end up keeping the pick. And yeah, you know those are my two kind of quick guys that like just you know briefly looking at the draft i'll be honest haven't done that much research into the draft so but those are my two guys most most moody and zaire williams like you know if you like if if the kings are like serious about like you know this draft will tell a lot about what the kings are like projecting to do and like what their what their forward path is and you know the other option with this pick is they could trade it and James Ham, I just watched uh, his interview on ESPN thirteen twenty uh, with D'Lo and KC. He basically said that the Kings will be very aggressive in shopping this pick and trying to get basically win now help. And one of the guys he br- he brings up, although honestly I think is a long shot, Ben Simmons. Like he, uh, let me let me get some water really quickly. Hydrate the throat. Okay, much better. Uh, the basically, he said that the Kings could offer a package of probably like Buddy Heel plus Marvin Bagley, and maybe even like as a sweetener put into Lon right in there. Now he's the guy I really was not expecting for some reason. I, I for some reason I just was not expecting for him to be in trades, but it kind of makes sense in terms of like just as a sweetener and another kind of salary filler. Or you can get, probably do one of. Like, you know, if you can probably just do Buddy and DeLon and that actually probably like be a more attractive um, package to uh, the 76ers who, you know, want like win now help. And DeLon Wright is a, you know, a point guard that can kind of penetrate the defense, which they desperately need just a point guard. Um, and Buddy Heald is, you know, <laughs> is a shooter, although he'd be reuniting with Dave Yeager. We'll see. Like, I wonder how that would go. But like... I think I think like Buddy like helps a lot of teams. I think he can very much like if he gets traded to the Lakers for Kyle Kuzma. I think he helps that team because that team needs shooting. And shoot, I know like the contract is pretty gross, just because like twenty million for a guy that arguably is not even better than Seth Curry. Like, but I mean the the Sixers are in win now mode, and they might be like kind of tempted to kind of makes a win now move right now like you know they kind of swallow up the price the the contract does decline so like you know that might be a little bit more kind of i guess digestible that's a weird word too but like easier to swallow 
like that contract might be easier to swallow because it does like decline over the the length of the contract. And you know, if like Kings maybe want to offer Marvin Bagley, that's another young guy they can maybe flip flip for assets possibly. But like you know, as another kind of sweetener, like. You know, getting Ben Simmons on the team, like before, like going in depth into the fit, I do worry a little bit about just the lack of shooting. But like uh, James Ham put make made a very good case in that I mean, you can maybe like I don't want to make Ben Simmons the point guard, but like Ben Simmons is a guy that always like is looking for open shooters. And Kings actually like he brought this James Ham brought this up, and I did not know this, but Kings actually have a lot of good standstill shooters. De'Aaron shot like forty percent from a standstill up. Um, on standstill, shot forty percent, and Tyrese was a very good standstill shooter, fifty percent. And I remember, I remember seeing a stat where like Tyrese's off the dribble threes are actually a lot worse. So like Ben Simmons could actually like create those kinds of buckets for you know the Kings and kind of open up the offense a little bit more. I just worry a little bit about just you know. Again, like the fact that he doesn't shoot is something to kind of monitor going forward. And the fact that just over so many years to just straight up not shoot threes like his he's in a weird headspace. And, you know, I, I don't envy him for kind of get, getting all this criticism that, you know, may or may not be well deserved. But like, I think he's a very I think Twitter has kind of flipped a little too far and that Ben is trash route. I think he's still a very good player, a very much like transcendent defensive player. Like he he very rightfully deserves to be second in defensive player of the year voting this year. He is a very good defender, very versatile, probably can guard one through five. And like, you know, you, you just add another defensive player onto this roster. Like, I think he would solve a lot of the defensive issues that the Kings have. And you know, uh, and if like if Daryl Moore is, is seriously going to sell low on uh, Ben Simmons right now, like now would be the time. And the only thing I worry is that uh, the Kings could very much be outbid by other teams. I don't think this would happen, but like going back to the, the Warriors, like Warriors could offer James Wiseman, although that wouldn't make that much sense now that I think about it, just because they want to win now. <laughs> like, and um, yeah, and. Joel Embiid has the center position locked down in the, on that team, but like I feel a, other teams can offer like a more attractive package to get Ben Simmons, and I don't know, I'm not sure. Um, the Kings could do kind of make sense. Like um, John Hollinger actually brought up the Bulls, Zach Levine for Ben Simmons, basically like that could work, but I'm not sure if the Bulls would do that. Is is the is I guess the issue, but like. Ben Simmons, I think, would help the Kings a lot, and I I do think like he could be a reclamation project here in Sacramento. He just he needs a, he needs a new a new change of scenery, and that could that would do wonders for him. And yeah, so like Sacramento, like you know, if he's like even re- like remotely good, and if he brings us to the playoffs, like we would absolutely love him here. Granted, like them, you know, the six seventy sixers fans loved him when they brought them him to the playoffs, or when he brought them to the playoffs. So. You know, that could turn, but like you break you you break the playoff streak of sac of the Sacramento Kings, you're a you're a hero in in the city. So you know, I'm I'm very much into the idea of uh of trading for Ben Simmons. I know some people are down on him, but I you know we're not we're not one to turn down talent, as uh, Jason Jones said, and I'll be very excited for that kind of trade. Anyways, uh, quickly, just some um, playoff updates. So, um, game two of 
Ah, oh, God, I'm drawing a blank. Suns versus Clippers happened yesterday, and basically the uh, I'm just going to break down the final possession. Uh, Paul George like gets fouled and misses two free throws while up one, and DeAndre In gets a pass from uh, Jay Crowder with point uh, nine seconds. I think what's the to basically win the game uh, in game two and. Man, that was a game, and yeah, like it's not looking good for the Clippers, and it looks like uh, Chris Paul is going to be back for Game Three. So, like, if Kawhi is not coming back, and there is no indication that he's coming back, like this might be it. But you know, O2, the legendary O2 Clippers, like maybe they maybe they make some sort of stand in Game Three, and you know, win the next two home games, and somehow turn this series around, but. Like the Suns, man, I think they're too good of a team to be like, you know, letting that letting that happen. Like they are a legitimately great team. They have a ton of depth. They have, you know, top tier superstars and uh in <clears throat> Devin Booker and CP three and you know, a high level like like DeAndre Aiden, when I first like when he during like I think the first series, I was like saying, This man is not gonna shoot like nine for eleven, eight for ten, seven for nine every game. But he's doing that. Like he is literally just playing the perfect like role. Like he, I mean, to, to to like expect this from him, I I didn't expect this from him at all. I thought he was kind of like a kind of an aloof uh, player in terms of just like kind of an Andrew Wiggins type, where like there's so much potential in there, but that is just not being utilized, and you know he just never really improves. But like DeAndre Ayton's been great this the entire playoffs, and like. And, you know, jazz fans are, or not jazz fans, a lot of people were kind of trolling jazz fans in that, you know, DeAndre Ayton on offense is doing like what Rudy Gobert couldn't, which is catch the ball. And when they have a small, when they have a 6'6 guy on you, just shoot over them. And yeah, he is a, like the perfect prototypical big man. He's playing that perfect role. And, you know, Devin Booker is a very bad man. We have established that. And campaign. Like this guy's like this guy literally just came out of nowhere and just became good all of a sudden. Like this dude was out of the league, was playing in China last year until the bubble. Like I guess I think the Suns just signed him on a flyer as a kind of a why not type thing, and you know he's just been great. Like I think he had twenty seven or I think last night like just toying with the defense, looking like some. Basically, looking like prime Rondo in a way, like just you know being tricky, getting to the basket at will. Like, what a redemption story! And then you add that to the fact that they have a a terrific coach. And you know, Kings fans will always lament the fact that we went with Luke Walton and did not even give. I think we might have contacted um, Monty Williams, but like the fact that we went with Luke Walton like just like that instead of like say going through a full interview process with you know uh Monty Williams and anybody else that was out there I think was the Mike D'Antoni out there at that no I don't think so but like like that is a huge missed opportunity because he is coaching the hell out of this team like you can just the way you can always tell like when a team is well coached is when they're when they're missing stars but the team is still doing well and even in the playoffs, they're missing uh, Chris Paul. Like, but like the 
the team is just still being able to operate at, like you know a, a reasonable capacity with no problems like just handling the clippers the way they do and like also like just their offense there's just constant movement like devin booker get always gets like these open like open looks the ball just swims around people or players are just like doing their like playing their role and trying not to do too much that is a sign of good coaching and like a guy like campaign just ready to step in for chris paul that is a sign of good coaching and they are i think i mean at this point i'm paying them to win the championship because they're well coached they got the high-end talent they got the depth they have everything that they need to be to be to be winning the championship this year and it's incredible because last year, like they were kind of on the ropes, like before the bubble. Let's not forget they were they were reeling, they were doing pretty bad, like up to that point. But to be able to carry that eight no streak into the season and to add Chris Paul, like what a turnaround! Like they were laughing stock, like just like right next to us like, in terms of just you know being like shit franchises that were never going to do anything and didn't look like they were going to lose Devin Booker by like the end of this year possibly, but. They've turned it around, and yeah, they they I have them pegged to win the championship because uh, we'll get into it. I do not trust in the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. Um, so, um, you know, hopefully the Clippers bounce back. Like Paul George's been playing really well lately, and uh, hopefully he like the, missing those two free throws like fires him up to just go ham in Game Three. We shall see. Uh, so this game just ended. Hawks versus Bucks. Hawks take game one on the road against the Milwaukee Bucks. And like I, I keep doing this with the Hawks. The Hawks to me just don't have enough talent to be doing what they're doing. They have the high end talent in Trey Young, who's an absolute superstar. This dude is just carving up defenses like it's nothing. Like he is just unstoppable. And honestly, I don't know why teams just don't straight up trap him. Like he is a very tiny guy, and granted, an amazing passer. So like you probably slice that up anyways. But you gotta just get the ball out of his hands. This, this dude makes magic happen, and I just it, talk about like just you know underestimating a guy, and like just talk talk about a star being born. He had he. I mean, he's become like one of my favorite players, and I, I was one of those guys that like just said the Hawks were absolute idiots to trade away Luca. In that trade, even though Luca is the better player, like Trey Young is not far behind him. And the thing with him, I thought I always thought was like, oh, you're going to get into the playoffs and he's just going to get, you know, hunted on defense. But for whatever reason, the teams that he, they played against just do not hunt him on offense. Like, can you imagine, like, say, LeBron playing against, like, Trey Young? He's getting Trey Young to guard him every single time down the floor. Like, for some reason, like, you know, uh, the 76ers, I thought we're going to do it with, like, say, Ben Simmons or, like, hell, Seth Curry just running off screens or, like, Tobias Harris, but, like, they just never did. And, you know, Milwaukee, like, I talk about great coaching, like, they to identify weaknesses. Like, one of the ways you can kind of tell is, like, they are able to identify a weakness and attack that weakness. Boonhoser does not do that. They They basically just play their game and then just hope it works. And unfortunately for, you know, the Bucks, it like you should be dominating this team. Like they have Lou Will and Trey Young out there. And like John Collins is not exactly a good defender. Like just have Giannis eat, you know, but it's and like find a way to get like um, Trey Young switched on to Drew Holiday. 
Like that is just barbecue chicken, chicken like written all over it. But you know, the Milwaukee Bucks just—they're just disappointing to me. Just in that, like, I am just worried that they're—they ju- can't score well enough to be able to like keep up with the Hawks because their defense is good. But again, as I mentioned in the last episode, like when the Sixers fell apart, offense rules the day. And the Hawks have, you know, an offensive juggernaut in Trey Young and every and all this, you know, offensive depth that they have. Like, granted, Bogey's injured now, so they have a little bit less of that. But like, every everyone can sh- kind of shoot, like except like Capella. Capella can like is a you know a terrific roller. And but like everyone is a threat on offense to like be able to do things on offense and. You know, the just offense just rules the day. Like I just, I, part of me just says like, who cares about defense anymore? Like again, the, the Hawks do not have a good defense. They don't have good defenders. Yet they are able, they are they're able to go toe to toe with you know defensive juggernauts like a Milwaukee. And yeah, all the credit in the world, Trey Young. He is a new star, and like maybe at some point, I'm, I seriously might consider getting a Trey Trey Young jersey. Like this man is just, I love that he's just. He is playing the heel in, in all these, in all, and basically in the playoffs. Like, he has walked into Madison Square Garden and clowned their ass. He has walked into Philadelphia and sent their ass packing. And if, if, Milwaukee, don't, if Milwaukee don't make an adjustment, like, they, they might get to the finals. And all, all throughout this, Trey Young, he is playing to the villain role. Like he is out there bowing at Madison Square Garden. He is out here doing push-ups on uh, on Philly after uh, Dwight Howard essentially teabags him. <laughs> like he's out here doing push-ups, and in, in this game, he crossed up Drew Holiday and shimmied, you know, before he <laughs> shimmied on him before he knocks down three. This guy is the villain that the that the NBA needs. He he is doing what Kem Durant should have done a few years ago. Just play into that villain role. Stop stop like wanting people to like you and like being this darling. Trey Young don't give a shit about that. He is out here to get buckets and embarrass your ass. And boy has he just he's made the entire East Coast hate him. Like seriously. This dude is amazing. And he's become one of my favorite players in the league now. So yeah. Got got to give credit to the Hawks. Hope Bucks, you better do something because you just you guys just keep disappointing me. You really you guys really didn't deserve to win the last series. You know, credit to you guys for you know taking care of business. But like, man, if you guys lose this series, gee, holy moly. Okay, well that's uh that's all I have for uh, this episode. Um, hopefully Fawn will be back by the next episode. Uh, we'll see. But yeah. Uh, as far as I know, there won't be that much Kings news unless, like, a trade goes down. Um, until then, I don't know if I'm going to do an episode later in the week if nothing for the Kings happen. I I don't want to exactly just do playoff updates because, like, we are a Kings podcast and, you know, we always want to always loop something back to the Kings. But, again, not much has happened. Uh, not much is probably going to happen for a bit until, like, the draft or a trade happens. If there is a trade that goes down, Oh, don't worry. Well, I'll be here for sure. And maybe Fong will be too. All right. Well, we'll catch you guys uh, on the next one. And uh, yeah, you guys enjoy the playoffs.